uctoday.com. Hello and welcome back to our regular Out Loud Cisco podcast. Jonathan George, who is my usual expert guest and Cisco WebEx master, has moved to a new company called Adopt, who specialise in maximising the value of collaboration platforms for businesses. Jonathan explains a little bit more about that move and also has loads of updates for me in this episode. We review the latest news on cloud calling options from Cisco and how those will integrate within its various platforms, including WebEx Teams. We also discuss Discuss how Cisco approach PSDN provision and also examine the latest hardware releases in terms of headsets and phones. Have a listen. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you this morning? Actually, I'm well. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. It's been a, it's been a little while since we've spoken, and you've been a busy man since since I last spoke to you. Well, you and me both. I mean, I think the last time I saw you was um, at well, saw you as in virtually on the internet, with your uh, your wonderful interview with Amy Chang at Enterprise Connect. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, and if, if anyone wants to watch that, it's still available at uctoday.com. And I have to say, Jonathan, you'd seen Amy on stage, I think, virtually before, and you were really impressed with her messaging. And and so was I. I, I was really impressed with her her energy and enthusiasm towards towards the whole the whole Cisco platform, really. And great that you managed to, um, you know, you managed to track her down and, and get there. And many thanks for the uh, for the plug of mentioning my name to her. I'm sure I'm on her Christmas card list now, so that's good. Well, uh, as I said to you before, I rely on all of the background information that you've provided to me over the recording of these Cisco podcasts to put in front of Amy. So, so more more thanks to you there. But you've had a move yourself as well in in the industry. Indeed, indeed, yes. So I'm, um, I've moved from uh, my previous company, which was Meeting Zone, and I've joined a, a company that's called Adopt. And we're a, we're a new company. We're set up with some some people that I've worked for, I've worked with in in both previously at Meeting Zone, but also in in different jobs uh, during my career. So really excited to join Adopt. And 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 what we're about at Adopt is really making sure that people get the benefit out of the, the collaboration technology that they've, they've bought. I mean, the, the, the clue is in the name in terms of, you know, adopt as in adopting that technology, making sure that people get it. And also, you know, part of our, our mission as we go forward will be to really try and help um, the Cisco partner base really understand and sell that collab technology. And so not only help the partners sell it, but also help the users gain, you know, gain the benefit from it. So really excited to um, to have made that move, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can continue these podcasts as uh, as I really enjoy doing them with you. No, absolutely, absolutely, and and I know obviously with your with your new role at Adopt, you'll be still so up to date on the, on the Cisco messaging and and latest news and feature updates and all, and all of that stuff. So there's there's no one that I'd I'd rather get the information from on that. And I thought before we before we went into to, to the news and and the main update. We'd just go back because it has been a while since we recorded a podcast just to revisit those sort of industry trends that Cisco are addressing with with their latest ethoses. Yeah, and I think you you probably see this with all the you know the various vendors that that you talk to. I mean the you know there there is this common industry industry trends around you know the move to cloud, the development of open platforms that platform play, having integrated suites, mobility team collaboration you know i think those those sort of words are, are words irrespective of the vendor and the product that they've got that i guess you hear you know from all of the all of the people that you speak to does that does that resonate with you is it you know some of the interviews that you do yeah no it absolutely does i, th- I think all the vendors as you said those those particular i mean cl- cloud is obviously the the overriding 
platform that, that we've been moving to. But that, but in terms of that open interoperability, and we've seen that develop in, in other technology areas in, in terms of sort of CPaaS communication platforms, as a, that interoperability in terms of availability of SDIs and SDKs and all that sort of area coupled with mobility is is absolutely a trend we see from from the vendors but and cisco have addressed that with their with their new set of ethoses in terms of power of the platform bridges not islands and the one that that we that we i think has a lot of traction is is cloud first not cloud only because there are still a lot of companies that that don't want to move certain systems into the cloud and that seems to resonate very well with them yeah, and, and Cisco, I mean, that again, you've got to look at Cisco's heritage, right, in terms of, you know, Cisco have got a lot of customers who spent a lot of money on Cisco hardware, you know, not just in that, that collaboration space, but obviously in the whole data center, enterprise networking, security, you know, all, all areas that, that Cisco have typically been very strong with. And in that collaboration space, they've got historical products like CCM, Cisco Unified Call Manager. Tamburg acquisition had a lot of on-premise kit. So, you know, Cisco have been guilty in the past and they've stood up and put their hand up on it about, you know, over-rotating on that cloud message. You know, it was all cloud, 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 cloud. Oh, and a bit of on-prem. And now I think the messaging is very much, look, the cloud's inevitable. We're going we're gonna to move there, but it's, that's not our only focus. You know, we recognize that there's still, you know, users and customers out there that have got on-prem technology. And, and part of the, the role of Cisco is to help that smooth migration from from one to the other at a time and pace that the customer chooses rather than being forced into it by Cisco saying, okay, we're no longer doing all of that stuff. Now you've got to go move everything to the cloud, you know, because we're turning all the old stuff off. No, absolutely. And in terms of Cisco's communication and collaboration portfolio, we're still talking about the, the three main areas, aren't we, in terms of teams, meetings and calling? Yeah, and, and I think so. You know, in, in the old days, there was a nice tagline, you know, message, meet and call. I think it, it's now, you know, they've taken the message, Pete, and really call that now Teams. So Teams, meeting and calling are absolutely the three areas that, from a collaboration perspective, you know, Cisco are focusing. And if you look at that, the obviously the meetings element of that really now all falls under the WebEx brand. So, you know, WebEx, uh, an acquisition at Cisco made many, many years ago, but everything in that that sort of meeting space is now really branded under under WebEx, always been delivered from, from the cloud. There's still, you know, if a customer wants an on-premise meeting solution, they have a thing called Cisco Meeting Server. It's actually the, the Exacano box that, again, that Cisco acquired Acano a while ago to deliver that on-prem bridging meetings capability. They even had CWMS, which was Cisco WebEx meeting server, which was an attempt to put WebEx into a, an on-premise device. But fundamentally that meetings proposition is, is, is now pretty much cloud first, well, it, you know, definitely cloud first. And with, if, if a customer really wanted it, then you could put in CMS as Cisco uh, meeting server on-premise. If you take the Teams element, then obviously with, with WebEx Teams, that's all been delivered from, from the cloud platform from day one. There's never been any thought about having, you know, having that, that as an on-prem capability. What that leaves is this, is this calling area, which is, is an area, again, that Cisco historically been very strong. CUCM, Cisco Unified Call Manager, you know, I dread to think how many seats are out there in terms of, of CUCM users. Very resilient, industry standard platform. You know, a lot of customers built their IP telephony estate on, on that CUCM architecture. So that, that on-prem capability was there. In the cloud perspective, they had a thing called HCS, Hosted 
collaboration service or hosted communication service where a number of uh, the larger Cisco partners have built up, built multi-tenant cloud calling telephony delivered via basically CUCM, but in a, you know, in a service provider environment, really for the high-end customers where a you know, level of sophistication was required. So that, that was the portfolio until sort of 18 months, two years ago when Cisco acquired Broadsoft. So, and that really fills this, this gap in between CCM from an on-prem device, HCS at the high-end cloud area to have, have this, this capability to deliver a cloud calling proposition and really focused in, in the mid-market area. So, so how's that, that the, the broad software acquisition obviously was, was a strategic play from Cisco to develop this, this cloud calling capability. How's that developed since the acquisition in terms of integration with the portfolio? So that, I mean, that's the thing that we've all been waiting for, right? So post the acquisition, I think I got it wrong just now. It was about a year ago, I think, the acquisition, because I think you and I were doing a podcast when there was there was broad, broad works and Enterprise Connect going on at the same time. But if you look at Broadsoft as a, as a platform, there were there were two flavors to that. There was Broadworks, which is what the service providers took and, and basically built a cloud calling proposition. They took the, the Broadsoft software implemented it in their own data centers and offered that as a, as a service. So that was Broadworks. And then they had Broad Cloud, which was more like a managed service offer. So Broadworks is, is continuing. A lot of the big service providers still run that capability. I'm sure that's still going to, you know, going to carry on as a, as a business in its own right. In terms of, of how we bring the, the cloud calling capability to the whole sort of collaboration suite, it's really around that Broad Cloud offering. So the, the idea of, okay, we're going to have that, we're going to deliver it from the cloud and it's going to be integrated into the into the stuff that, that we're already doing. And the recent announcements at Enterprise Connect really showed that the announcement of that, that's now going to go GA in Europe, May 16th. It'll be available in the rest of the world, May 30th. It's effectively the old broad cloud offer. So if you you imagine the old broad cloud offer had a, had a client called UC1, that was the, the soft phone client. You'll see that now as, as now be the WebEx calling client effectively, which leads us on to an, an interesting challenge that Cisco have in terms of what client is used for what, because now effectively you've got Jabber, which is the old on-prem IAM and presence, but also your soft phone capability into that sort of CUCM HCS type environment. You've got Teams, which is your Teams collaboration platform that you do that that team stuff on, and then you've got WebEx calling as a, as another. So we've now got three three clients, right? And and one of the challenges that Cisco's had is is explaining to users and to customers, well, okay, when when would I use one or versus the other? I think directionally, it's no secret that we'll see that that client story become more unified so that we know I no longer have three applications on my desktop that I've got to choose which which I use I live in the environment I choose to live in if that be teams so be it and then if I want to make a call I, I do that click to call it doesn't launch a separate application because that's how it's going to work in the first instance so so you know directionally I think we're going to end up with a, a situation where if you live in that team's client then when you want to call somebody you know you use that click to call right now that would launch a separate application in the future we'll see that really that that capability be integrated into the client so you choose the client in which you live and basically those those features are exposed within that client and all the iconography 
all of the user interface, all the user experience will have the same look and feel depending on how you do it. So I think we'll, we'll move away from that three client architecture, not a strategy. It's really Cisco ended up with, with those things through the various acquisitions that they've made. No, and I suppose it makes sense to, as you said, those three historical platforms that are available and a user can choose their own preference in terms of, oh, I use, you know, WebEx, I use UC1, I use whatever it is. In the long run, as you said, all the capabilities are going to be embedded probably within each client. Are we going to see one removed over the long term or two removed and, and it will just be within within WebEx as it as it? WebEx teams, as it were? I think we'll see one client, okay? So, and, and I think then you will, depending on what services you choose to consume, they'll be exposed within that, that client. So if you only wanted to use calling, you'd only effectively see that, you'd install the, the Cisco collaboration client, for want of a better word, and that would expose that, that calling capability within there. If you were using Teams, then Teams would be exposed in that, that client as well. So I think we're gonna, we'll move away from having multiple clients with different capabilities exposed in them to a single client that allows you to consume the capabilities that, that you've bought, whether that be meetings, whether it be Teams, or whether it be that be calling. Absolutely. So so that web that WebEx calling, GA 16th of May, I think you said, in, in the EMEA and rest of the world on the 30th of May. I take it that that's been in preview. We, we've seen that. What, what do you think about the, the functionality in terms of that? Yeah, so the, the functionality is very similar to that that you see. I don't think from a functional point of view that much has changed. You know, they will have enterprise workstations, common area workstations. So, you know, how do, how do I deliver phones on people's desks uh, versus phones in reception areas or lobby areas? And then there's a whole raft of features that you, you know, people expect from, from telephony systems, you know, in, in the simplest sense, you know, hold, transfer, all of those other good things, you know, stuff that... that you come if you use a desktop phone you need those capabilities so i think that the the capabilities will be of those of the broad cloud offering okay i'm not expecting to see too many new capabilities there it's really this is about bringing that under the cisco umbrella rebranding it as a webex calling having that webex calling application on the desktop in the first instance having that click to call from teams to take you into that WebEx calling application if you're using both of those applications. And, and this is what we have been expecting, and you've been you know, talking about this and, and predicting this for a while. Are you surprised about how long it's taken to get to now? I suppose after a big acquisition like that, it, it does take a while to sort of agglomerate these things and, and decide on the best strategy for this. Yeah, I think it is tricky, isn't it? I mean, you know, you've got a, a massive code base there with that broad, cloud offering and you know a route to market and partners and everything else and and it takes a while not just from the technology point of view but all the back-end processes and ordering and invoicing and all of the other good stuff that goes into you know actually bringing this this product to market so i think it's probably taken longer than most people would have wanted it to but it, it's it's now there we're gonna cisco are gonna maintain the you know their position where they're not going to provide PSTN service. So, so you, you can't buy the PSTN service from Cisco. You know, they're, they're decoupling that very much. You know, that PSTN trunking and access is going to be provided by somebody else with this WebEx calling capability. And there are three phases to that. So the first is, is to have a local gateway. So you would go to a customer, the customer would have their local gateway into their PSTN capability, and you'd integrate the WebEx calling service into that. And then there are two roadmap phases 
where a customer could either bring their own SIP connection. So they've got a PSTN SIP connection with another provider. How do they integrate that into the, into the WebEx calling capability to give them PSTN capability? And then the third and final phase will be using what they call PMPs, preferred media partners. So where you would basically go to a partner and you say, okay, I want WebEx calling and I want PSTN capabilities and I need this number set in these, these uh, geographies. And that preferred media partner would basically provide that. And Cisco have always steered clear of, of, of provision of those PSTN services. And the reason for that is a very logical one, which is they don't want to be a telco. They don't want to be a regulated telco that are out there because that introduces a whole series of, of other things that Cisco, frankly, are not geared up to, to do and they don't want to play in that game. You know, they're, they're very happy to leave that PSTN to the people that know that that best and how then integrate those services into that WebEx calling platform. No, absolutely. That was going to be my next question. You know, why do they want to steer clear of that? PSTN provision, but but that makes perfect sense in, in terms of wanting to stick to what they know. So so in terms of timeline for that, are, are those three options in, in the, those three phases immediately available? So the first one is so the local gateway is so basically you would you know you would go to a, a customer, they would have some sort of capability, or they would need to develop some sort of capabilities to give them a local PSTN gateway, and and you know Cisco have got technology. Yeah, their ISR routers, you know, Cube, if you're uh, you're using that with IP telephony or um, an, what they call an iOS gateway, if you're using TDM technology. So they have that local gateway to basically break out into PSTN. So the idea that now not only am I in my WebEx calling infrastructure, I can call people within my organization, but, you know, effectively it's the old dial nine for an outside line. You know, how do I get out? And also, how does somebody call me? via from a mobile phone outside of my own network outside of my own company how do they call me have you know give me a PSTN number to, to dial in that DDI type capability oh well so, so it's but there's it seems like there's been quite a lot of development there in, in terms of that in integrating that whole calling capability it sounds like that that's really moved forward over the last few weeks yeah, I think, and and you know we're we're starting to see that messaging as a Cisco partner. That messaging has has been pushed out quite strongly now. To there's a there's a huge market for this cloud calling capability, particularly in in the mid market area, the the 100 250 seat type type environment, and that's very much where I think this offering is is focused. And you know there's lots of industry stats, you know, from Gartner and some of the other analysts about. The trends around, okay, who's going to buy cloud calling? People are not necessarily going to invest in on-premise capability. And if you look at that SMB segment, that, that small to medium business segment, if I'm starting a business, I don't want to go and invest in a load of on-prem kit to have a phone system. I'm, I'm used to basically, you know, give me a capability on a pound, dollar, whatever it is, euro user per month basis that gives me the basic functionality that I need to, to get my, you know, to get my business done. That's the, the sort of cloud calling updates, and there was quite a lot there. Let's move on to an area where Cisco have always been very strong, but not necessarily within within this specific section, which is hardware, where, where Cisco have always had a very strong provision across across the spectrum, but particularly headsets, which, which are new effectively, and also phones. There's been some development there. Yeah, so... so... And again, I think this is part of the strength of the Cisco players. If you look at the 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 bits that you need to make this solution work or to make a you know make a solution work you need the the platform itself then obviously video hardware cisco very strong heritage in in video hardware in terms of that collab capability how do you how do you video enable conference rooms 
bring those rooms together. So they've got very strong video portfolio. With CUCM, they obviously made Cisco phones that worked with CUCM. And they were very specific. They had a very specific sort of firmware capability. And they made other phones that had the, the catchy title of 3PCC, third-party call control. So they made phones that would work with other, effectively other vendors. What they're now moving to is, is phones that, that they call the MPP, which is the multi-platform phone. But those MPP phones are the ones that would work with this broad, broad cloud offering. So they've always had these, these phones. There'll be the 68 series, 6800 series, 7800 series, 8800 series. So one starts at the value end, then you end up with the enhanced workstation, if you like. So that's nothing new. It's just they're moving rather than being CUCM specific. And there's a migration path from some of the older models to, to the MPP phones. So now you can use those with the broad cloud capability. And then recently, Cisco got into the into the headset market, I think because they, they could see that that was a, a growing capability. And interestingly enough, um, the ratio, I think, of headsets to handsets that, that you buy, there's no such thing as a, as a secondhand headset. Can you imagine going to a company and, and you know, you're starting your new job and somebody says, yeah, uh, Jack left last week. Here's his headset. Probably most users are going to go no thanks could i have a new one please you know so so that turnover of headsets is is quite high but what that does with with cisco getting into the headset business is it, it rounds out their entire portfolio so now not only do they own the platform on which all of this stuff runs they've now got the phones the headsets and the video endpoints that enable all of this stuff together and that from a customer perspective means that should be simplified buying process, simplified management, simplified administration, and simplified support. Because now I've got effectively the one throat to choke that says I've bought all of this stuff. It's not like me as the customer, I've become the aggregation point where I'm trying to plug all these things together and make it work. Yeah, and, and I suppose that, as you were saying before, in terms of strength of the Cisco play, the fact that the the potential for for bundling entire solutions is a real benefit. As you said, there's no there's no there's no point in in the technology stack where something is going to let it down. External Cisco can rely on their own kit or software at every different stage. Yeah, and that you know that means that the, the there's no challenges around the integration piece. You know, Cisco because it's all Cisco stuff you know, are going to integrate it and test it and make sure it works together and therefore, you know, can can put it out with a very high degree of confidence that this stuff's going to work rather than, I'm sure, we've all, you and I have been there from a consumer point of view where you go out and you buy some stuff, you go, well, I think I need that cable that connects that to that, you know, in order to get so, and then you suddenly find, no, it's slightly wrong and it doesn't work. You don't want to do that from a, from a big IT perspective. That creates a massive management headache and, and uh, an administration headache. And I think that, you know, that, that's a very strong part of the whole Cisco portfolio. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's UC Expo this week, which we're both attending. So you, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to? Well, I think the big the big news is that Amy Chang is coming over to deliver the uh, the keynote. So she'll be in the in the keynote theatres. I've never met her or, or seen her in person. So I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing that keynote. I'm not expecting anything majorly new there in terms of it. I'm sure it'll be a re somewhat of a replay to what you saw at Enterprise Connect. And I'm sure that, you know, she'll be she'll be looking you out as, as the uh, the her new friend, you know, that she met at Enterprise Connect. So uh, so that's good. 
and it's always good. I think these these events are, are are always good to to just really catch up with. It's a it's a very the UC industry has a number of players that that move around. It's good to catch up with with old friends, even if they're you know maybe working for competitors or selling selling competitive technology. Yeah, from from a networking perspective, UC Expo is great, and and I I will certainly make sure I catch. Amy's keynote because I could I, I think in, in terms of the messaging it'll be interesting to see even since Enterprise Connect it's, it's probably developed slightly so I'll be, I'll be interesting to see to see how that goes down so and also to, to see you in person Jonathan but for, for the meantime thank you so much for joining me on the podcast always a pleasure Patrick and um, enjoy UC Expo I hear you and uh, you and Robert in the keynote theatre as well so um, so I'm, that's another session that I'm really looking forward to I nearly got away with the entire recording without you managing to plug that. But yeah, you, we at UC today, we are on the, on the keynote and we're doing a, a sort of high level story overview of uh, Cisco versus Microsoft collaboration communication story. So if anyone is at, at UC Expo and, and this goes out in time, please do uh, swing by the keynote and, and have a look at that. It could be very entertaining. I look forward to it. I'll be in the audience heckling. Excellent. Please, no technical questions. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. All right. Cheers, Patrick. Take care. Massive thanks to Jonathan, as always, for coming onto the podcast to cover off all the latest Cisco communication and collaboration news. If you want to know more about his new company, Adopt, and what they do, you can find that at www.adopt, and that's adopt with two T's, Com. Also, I should mention our new Smart Guide library, which features a host of short overview guides giving you all the latest information you might need on various aspects of the unified communications world like cloud comms or video conferencing. You can also find a special Smart Guide which covers Cisco versus Microsoft from a communication and collaboration perspective. If you head to uctoday.com and search for Smart Guides, you can find all the different options there. That's it for today's episode, though. A big thanks for listening.